Hey Jen, welcome to episode five of the Jen and Nancy show. On the same page, sorry. On the same page with Jen and Nancy. Maybe by episode six I'll know our podcast name. I feel like that was our TV show name. The Jen and Nancy show. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Hello listeners. Uh, how are you, Nance? I'm good. I just got back about less than 48 hours from sailing, and it was a super interesting experience. Do you want to tell our listeners where you were sailing? Because I know, but they don't. I was sailing in the British Virgin Islands, and we were talking about that on the boat, that if you say, like, I'm in the BVI, then lots of people don't know what that is. I wouldn't have known that what that sounds is. weird. But if you say the British Virgin Islands, it goes on and on and on and sounds super pretentious. So I apologize. I did not name the region, but it was fantastic. I was gossiping about you with our dentist and she kept calling it BBI. That's because our dentist has a husband named Lance. Shout out to Lance. And Lance and I tend to like mock each other on a regular basis. Not sure how that relationship got started, but once it did, we both ran with it. And I was having my dental checkup just before I left so that I didn't, you know, have a tooth emergency on the boat. And she said, oh my God, it's Lance's dream. He'll be so jealous. And I was like, oh my God, Lance jealous of something I'm doing. And so I sent him regular hourly updates of exactly what was going on in the BVI. Yeah, I heard he was super jealous. In, a, in an appropriate, like not breaching confidentiality kind of way. <laughs> I know. Such a gray area, the dentists and the husbands. Mm-hmm. I will say, if anyone's listening and you live in Montreal and you need a dentist, Dr. Trina Cool is probably C-O-U-L-L, although she is C-O-O-L, the best dentist in Montreal. And also, she's not our sponsor, but she is accepting new patients. <laughs> I asked her. Link in the show notes. Anyway, back to me. Uh, sailing. I was invited relatively last minute by a group of three people that had a fourth and the fourth dropped out. So while I wasn't the first choice, I was flattered to be a close second. And I was like, they just had me at like 30 degrees. It's winter here in Montreal still, lots of snow. And I honestly, I didn't give it much thought. I just really wanted to go on vacation with these people on a boat. I thought we were going to be like putting with little drinks in our hands and you know, waving at other boaters. Waving was, to the common folk. Yeah, the it was, well, no, the other non-common folk oh, right. on the other boats. I had no idea what to expect. And we were sailing, like hardcore sailing, tacking, dropping anchor, mooring balls. It was a lot of work. But it was awesome. Despite what you hear from my husband on the street, I'm not a lazy person. <laughs> it was really nice to be able to work hard and then play hard. You can, I'm going to let you edit this episode. <laughs> because so, I'm talking. <laughs> no, but because, uh, do they know, because I'm about to say this, do they know that you saw the Facebook conversation about whether or not to invite you? I did. They do know that. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to listen. I sent them all a first edition secret link to oh. listen to our <laughs> And I sent it to them like 24 hours before the trip and then I get on the boat and I'm like, so let's talk about my podcast. And they're like, um, we didn't have a chance to listen. I was like, oh, oh, sorry. Too busy. Too busy to listen to the podcast. <laughs> the only reason why I came was because I would have all of you captive yeah. on this boat. Yeah. For, for a week. Feedback. For editing. And we can go like clip by clip through the uh, audio track and need your feedback. 
And then, of course, when we were there, we had no data. So I wasn't, like, no Wi-Fi. And you forgot your Sony Discman with our... (laughs) (laughs) Our tape cassette? Yeah. So to sum up, it was a completely different vacation that I was expecting. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, pampered. And that would have been fine. There's time for that. Ironically, this episode is on self-care. But it turns out to be pretty hardcore. Like, if there wasn't a dinghy dock, which is, like, we have to anchor or moor. But then we have to get to shore if, you know, we want to eat. And if there's no dinghy dock, we have to swim to shore. So we have to put our shoes and our dresses and our lipstick in our wallets in a dry bag, which our captain generously (laughs) swam to shore with. And then we have to get changed into our clothes. I can't swim. So this would have been a nightmare for me. I'd be like, bring me back some food. But like how far of a swim approximately? It was was far because we're anchored. So the boat had a seven-foot keel. If you don't know what that is, I'll tell you. It's like a thing on the bottom of the boat that makes sure you never tip over. Something It's just like where only... wobble, but they don't fall down. It's right. like that. Okay. And so it was seven feet. On average, I would say we would be between like 15 and 40 feet. And so that's kind of a fair distance out, out to shore. Maybe it would take me like, I don't know, five to seven minutes. So not too long. But after dinner, after you've had a giant bucket of seafood fettuccine and cream sauce and two painkillers, which is like a secret sailor rum drink, then it's time to guess what? Get undressed, put your bathing suit back on and swim swim back. Oh boy. I haven't sailed since I was a teenager, Um, but... Oh, I lived temporarily with a mutual friend of ours. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And her parents had a trimaran and we would sail around. But one of the things I thought was really cool is when you do dock, like the people that you meet, like other sailor people, there's a whole community. There's a whole lifestyle. Yeah. It's really neat. It's pretty cool. I had an epiphany though, which was awesome. In my head, we were getting to places so we could eat or getting to places so we could lie on the beach. And after a few days, I realized that The sailing is what we were doing, and the rest was gravy. Like, it wasn't just a mode of transportation. It was, like, something we all did together. We all had a job. If And the captain was awesome. Paul Fraser, just incredible. Like, I have no idea why Paul would invite the three of us on his boat. We had never sailed. And I didn't realize that you can't sail alone. Like, you need people to help you. Especially, like, if you're at the boat, at the back of the boat... I know it's balanced, and I haven't figured all that out next time. But if you're at the back of the boat, the person at the front of the boat who's doing something pretty important has to be yelling back instructions to you, and it can get pretty confusing. So the fact that it was all of our first time, I mean, the amount of patience that he had was just incredible. He must have also just, but he must have enjoyed, like, sharing that with you. Like, Well, he, we asked him, like, what, he was asking us at the beginning, like, what, what, what do you want out of this trip? Do you want super relaxation? Do you want, like, do you, are you foodies? Like, what do you want? So we all pretty much wanted, like, the same thing, which was, like, a mix of everything. We were all pretty balanced in what we expected from the trip. And we asked him, like, what do you want from this trip? And he said, well, I love the BBI. Like, it's, like, my second home. It means so much to me. And I really enjoy seeing it through showing it to people and seeing it with fresh eyes. Oh, and cool. so that was really fun. I feel the same way about Quebec City. You don't know that because I've invited you so many times to experience Quebec City through my eyes, but you just 
haven't come yet. I'm sure you're just busy, you and Joe. Horrible human being. Um, But my epiphany was, and I know this sounds like it's the journey or be in the moment, and those, those are true for my epiphany, but I don't know, it just felt like something deeper. And I recognized how I do that in my life. Like for my son, I think, well, he's like 13 and he has, this morning I was thinking about, he has football practice, so he has to get up early. So I get up and I'm like, I have to make him tea and toast quickly, quickly go through it so that he can get to football practice. Then I was like, what if it's not the football practice, the tea and the toast is the thing. Like, like, you know, just caring for him and spending time with him in the morning and that kind of quiet wake up period. It's not something that I have to rush through and just, you know, tick off the boxes to make sure that he has sustenance so he can get on with his day. That is the thing, Mm -hmm. is the time we spend together. It's really like a big part of his memories that he'll have too. Yeah, I don't know if he'll remember football practice so much as he'll remember, hopefully, the mornings that we got up together and had tea and toast. Yeah, so a lot of it is, it's the journey, not the destination, and be in the moment. I think it's more be in the moment. Like we talk about that with mindfulness, which we're going to do an episode on mindfulness. But instead of just like thinking and talking about it, actually felt that that being in the moment and learning to adjust my priorities throughout the day and how I look at them. Same thing with driving them places like have to drive you somewhere, drive, get in the car. We're driving, driving, driving so that you can do what you need to do. And then I can do what I need to do. But if the driving is the thing, mm-hmm. like I think I might be beating this up. It's definitely one of the things. So it is like, the time that we spend together talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just made me realize that maybe there's more going on in my life that I take for granted. Yeah. I, I may have mentioned this before on a different episode, but um, I don't know how long ago. Let's pretend that it was six months ago. That sounds good. That sounds right. It's our show. It can be as long right. as we say it was. But I meant the, the, the thing that I'm getting to <laughs> is that however many months ago, I stopped and promised myself I would stop saying, I just need to get through this day, this week, this month. I stopped saying that to myself and... I'm sure Joanne finds it annoying that I keep correcting her when she says it. Like, I just need to get through this. This day, this hour. This discovery, this meeting, meeting, whatever. For the same reason. And also because obviously the older you get, the more you feel like, wow, I have less and less time left in this lifetime. And I don't, I would like to be present for that. I don't want to just get through this morning. I want to be present this morning. Right. I want to have this morning. I want to be a part of this morning. It's one of very few mornings left, you know, and very few obviously is not three, hopefully, but like yeah. still yeah. for the Nobody's amount we've taken anymore. for the amount that we've taken for granted. So I, and I used to have a really bad habit of saying that I put way too many things on my plate. I'm always in a hurry and I'm, and I was, had a horrible habit of always saying, I just not need to get through this morning. I just need to get through this day. I just, I can't wait till this week is over. Right. And then I was like, okay, do you realize you don't get a different week in exchange, right? Like that, it, this week is happening one time. So you can either race through it and not be a part of it or get something out of it. I think that's a good segue into the topic of this, which mm. is self-care. Because I don't know about you, but I'll be like, well, I'll do self-care when I get through the to-do list, when the renovations are finished, when the, the, the creative project is finished. That's when I'll get to self-care. And it, it for many, many years, it never came, mm-hmm. the time for self-care. I texted a client this morning to tell her that I would be there tomorrow morning. 
but I have a disgusting cold. So if that horrifies her, we can reschedule. And she said, oh, I'm s- no, tomorrow's fine. I'm so sorry to hear that you're sick again. And I was like, what? And I, <laughs> I felt defensive. Like, what? I don't get sick all the time. But then I realized, like, I have been pretty run down lately. Like, I keep kind of getting colds. Not, not brutal. I got that one brutal flu that almost everyone had. But, um, And then someone else messaged me and asked if I wanted to go for a drink tonight. And I said, no, not tonight. I have a a bad cold. I feel disgusting. And she said, oh, it looks like your body's telling you to slow the hell down, Jen. Like, really, it's enough now. And I was like, what? But the funny thing is for the last like two weeks, I'd say, I've been super focused on self-care. So (laughs) (laughs) like, why am I sick? Cruel, cruel universe and the irony. Yeah. And the other day I slipped. Oh, I was getting ready to go to a meeting and I slipped and fell and landed on my shoulder just a couple of days ago. And as I was falling, oh. it was one of those slow motion falls where you have tons of time to think, but no, but you know, like I actively thought I can't stop this from happening. Like this is this, happening. This is going down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. I have no choice. It's happening. There's nothing to grab or brace myself with. And, uh, and had time to think that. And then also like, seriously, Jen, really? Like, also, you're going to fall, and, like, who knows what you're about to hurt. Anyway, it's not so bad. My arm hurts, but it's not as bad as I thought. The The day it happened, I was in a ton of pain, and I was like, great. Now I'm not going to be able to do anything all week with my arm, but I'm all right. Um, but, yes, ironically, also paying a ton of attention to um, self-care. And the other night, I was going to sleep, and I had done, like... Um, a few things during the day to be mindful of taking care of yourself. Like I packed a healthy lunch and I made sure I drank the right amount of water and I stopped to meditate. I was really proud of myself. And then I was going to do a whole bunch of stuff that I had learned about in in an article as my bedtime routine. I looked up some bedtime routines. I had one in mind and I was really excited. And, uh, but I guess I was coming down with this cold cause I got home and I just had the chills so bad. And I had to sh- like shower and crawled into bed and was shivering. And I was like, no, 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 don't go to sleep. Like you need to practice your self care routine. I think I went to the bathroom and like brushed my, a couple of my teeth. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> not many of them and ran back to bed. Like, yeah, okay. Yay. Self care. And I started falling back to sleep, but then I kind of woke up and then argued, like I aggressed myself instead of like self-soothing. <laughs> I wasn't like, yay, this feels good. You're taking care. It's like, oh, you're supposed to do these things before you go to sleep. And it just woke me up, like arguing with myself about how this isn't the right way to take care of yourself. How you're doing self-care wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just beat myself up before going to sleep. Um, but there are definitely some things that I have checked in with myself about in the last week or so, like ways, ways that I don't practice self-care. Like what are things, habits I have that are definitely not self-caring. And, um, and one of them came up many times this week. So it wasn't hard to, it was right in my face. And it was, I have this terrible habit of dropping everything I'm doing. Like when I set time aside for myself, right. If somebody calls or walks in the room Uh, sends a text, text. they have needs, they're in a crisis, they need information, they want me to do something, I will drop everything I was doing to attend to whatever it is that they need. And I'm really bad at saying like, 
sure, but I'm busy for the next yeah. hour or two, but let me get back to you tomorrow yeah. or Thursday yeah. at noon or something yeah. like that. And I'm ta- obviously not talking about life threatening stuff, but I'm just, you know, my adorable daughter thing three, who's getting ready for Costa Rica, you know, realized she didn't have the right bag or an EpiPen for her trip, which is like a, over a week away. And instead of me saying, okay, well, I'll, I'll reach I'll, out to you tomorrow. And yeah. We'll work it out. Yeah. I'll take you to the pharmacy tomorrow or, or bring a list. We'll see what you need. We'll check what's missing for your trip. Instead, I was right away online looking for bags and like you know, trying to find all this stuff. And I spent at least 45 minutes problem solving about her bag. And then I said, okay, do you want to go to Mountain Equipment Co-op right now and get a backpack? And she said, oh, I'm actually just meeting a friend for brunch. <laughs> and I was like, why? And it's not her fault at all. Like she was just like crisis, blah. And then was like, oh, that feels better. I'm going to go have my day. But I let my day become about her. Yeah, her priorities. Priorities, yeah. Took over. Uh, so that's one thing for sure. And then um, I guess along the same lines, like taking work, texts and emails when it's not a work day or hour right. and stopping everything to do that instead of just, even if I'm just relaxing, it's almost like I'm like, oh, well, I'm just relaxing. I'm not doing anything anyway, so I can deal with this. But I think it's important that we take a step back and look at why is self-care important? And the biggest reason that I can think of from experience is that if you take the time to do, you know, okay, self-care, just it, everything in your life is better. So when you are on the spot in a crisis, you can handle it better. We're able to handle more conflicting emotions. Like you just have this balance where you're taking care of yourself. And it's, this is not a judgment. I, I hate it when I get sick. Oh, I multi- judge you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when I get sick multiple times in a year and people, my clients say that to me too. Oh, you're sick again. And I'm like, I take it as like a shameful thing. Yeah. Like I can't take care of myself or, exactly. you know, I have this bad immune system. Therefore I'm bad. And if we look at it through that lens, like flipping it, flipping it around, then it's important. It's like that, such a cliche. I, I wish we didn't use cliches on this. I love cliches. It's such a cliche, but the thing about the mask on the, the airplane. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you can't take care of someone else if you can't take care of yourself first. And so the overarching message is self-care is important it's not like optional it's not like gravy or something you treat yourself with it's really something and but I feel the same way about you like when I'm when I'm even just relaxing or reading a magazine I really love Vanity Fair magazine because there's so much in-depth it's like they always put like a star or something on the cover but the articles, I learned so much about the world and it's like real, actual investigative reporting. And so I love to just sit and read a Vanity Fair cover to cover, but same thing. Oh, text. Oh, client needs a quick update on a web page. I'll just run up and do that right now. And it wasn't even a crisis. They were just like this week, if you could, but I don't know if this is why we do it. It's like not having the faith that we will have time in the future. Like, I might as well do it now because I don't know if I'll have time next week because I'm always responding to crises and putting out fires. I don't know if, if like your, your daughter's EpiPen, let's just get it done now because that's super important and who knows what tomorrow brings. But if we were responsible for structuring our time better, we would know that we would have time because we structure free time or self-care into our day. I also have to just get out of the habit of 
opening the message at all because I, I see it, I open it, and then I don't know why, but on my phone I can't figure out how to make mark things unread. I can do it on my laptop and on my phone because I don't know. So once I've opened it, it's like, oh, now I have to do it or I'll forget. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. Like, let's just get it done now Yeah. because I don't want to forget and I might not have time yeah. next week. Yeah. So we'll just do it now. But then you're constantly doing all of these small little tasks and we never have the time. We're calling it self-care because I, I do think that self-care is important, especially to be uninterrupted, but it could also just be focused time to accomplish something. And, but, and also I think that um, and I won't go deep into this. We don't need to be emotional and like pick scabs, but like there's a uh, Kleenex here if you need it. <laughs> that's mine. No. Um, but also I think it comes with, um, like not just self-care, but self-value. Like, I think there's a plenty of people who are very successful people who find that their time is valuable enough that they can't allow somebody else's issues to interrupt their time. So, I mean, I know people who go on skiing trips and who read the newspaper on Saturday morning or they have a ritual. Like I always go for coffee before I go to work. I go have a coffee and people watch. And to them, there's no question in their mind about whether that's selfish or trivial or unnecessary. That's their time. That's their thing that they do. And no part of them feels guilty about not letting somebody else infiltrate that, you know? I used to be all about putting out fires and, you know, my needs come after everybody else's needs. And, you know, if I'm doing nothing, maybe I should be, and nothing meaning relaxing, maybe I should be finding a way that I could make money or, you know, like do more work. It was always this sort of success, success. And if you're doing, this is something that I've really been thinking about the last few years. If you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to a lot of other things. And so I was so hyper-focused on being successful and that meant working and making money. And then I would do all of the other things that I like to do that didn't involve making money later in my life. And now I've hit 47 and I'm like, whoa, if not now, then when? Like when is later, Nancy? Yeah, I think too that I know self-care is like, is, is the trend right now for, you know, you see it everywhere, all these like 10 tips for self-care and um, it's really important to, to practice self-care, which it is. And I'm glad that it's trendy and, and, and that people are making it okay. But um, I think also before it, it felt like, like I was worried I was being lazy or selfish. Me too. And, and yeah, as somebody who's really focused on being a productive person and always worried about being, if I'm being productive enough, did I have a productive day? I felt like even if I know in theory that sitting down on the couch and having a tea and just watching the birds outside the window is a really valuable thing, even physically. You me- just saying that made me feel calmer. Yeah. Like I felt my blood yeah. pressure drop like your body just needs time. About it. Yeah. So your body needs time to rejuvenate. Your mind needs time to clear itself. Even to be productive, God forbid that, you know, you not have that as your goal, but even to be productive, that's essential. But when I'm doing that, yeah, I feel like I'm being lazy or I'm wasting time or I'm being selfish. Or there's dishes in the sink that should be done now. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say too is that because it's such a big trend at the moment, practicing self-care and you go on Instagram and everyone's hashtag self-care because they're eating yogurt or doing yoga or whatever they're doing. Sucking um, on a chia seed. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite. Um, what I think is interesting is 
uh, I started looking up, well, I told you I was looking up different people's self-care routines for looking for ideas. Like how, how can I take some time out of my day to just do little things for myself that will count? And there was some, I found like two extremes. I found the people who were like, give yourself a hug, which is great. If you like hugging yourself, that's beautiful. And if that works for you, amazing. But there was like a bunch of things like that that were just making me angry. Like I was like, that's <laughs> That's, just like, mm, That's no. so unproductive. <laughs> like, what am I going to get out of that? I need productive self-care. <laughs> I don't even like hugs. No, I do. I like hugs. And then on the other extreme, like I found this one um, website that had, it was beautiful and it had a lovely theme and the layout was nice and the imagery was very calming and soothing. And she, the person who writes this blog seems to really have it together. And I'm sure she's lovely and wonderful, but she has a bedtime routine among others. And I saw her other routines and, and tips, and they were great. But her bedtime routine, like, at first I thought, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm writing this into my agenda every day. Whatever it is she's doing, this lady's got her shit together. And I started going down the list. And it was like, walk, like, go for a walk. So I figured that's like, what, 20 minutes at the minimum? And then her next, I don't remember the exactly the list, but it was like, go for a walk, have a, have a snack, and a tea, watch a few episodes of my favorite show, do a 10 minute meditation, do half an hour of yoga. So it's like three hours now. No, I counted. <laughs> it was four, over four hours long. And I was like, where are you going with your four hour bedtime routine? Like, well, and then if you're doing Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning, there's eight hours a day right there just to wake up and go to bed. <laughs> but this, this same blogger, I will say, she did have some really helpful stuff and she has this thing it's like the power 60 minute morning or something I don't remember what she calls it we'll put her in the notes because she is she did have some helpful stuff but uh it was like 20 minutes body 20 minutes mind 20 minutes soul it's very similar to miracle morning yeah and that's like I don't always have 60 minutes and I don't wouldn't necessarily do the things that she like for her soul was to like watch some YouTube inspirational like YouTube videos like that's not I wouldn't probably do that, but I just liked that she sort of... Beauty bye. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was that was cool. But her bedtime one, I was like, yeah, no, I don't actually... First of all, I don't get home until anywhere between 8 and 11 o'clock at night, a lot of nights. So I'd be up until 3 in the morning doing my bedtime ritual if I, if I was doing that. And, you know, even on a good night, I can't. So as we talk, I'm thinking that there's two points. One is if you don't schedule it, the day will get away from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's so easy to say, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. Because we don't. If we're constantly responding to every text or every child that has needs, will that ever end? We will really never have the time to do it. And the second is giving ourselves permission to schedule it and permission to enjoy it. And if you can't give yourself permission then we're giving you permission right now. Like I'm telling you and Jen's telling you, you have every right to take even 20 or 30 minutes a day to yourself. It's not optional, it's not selfish, and it's not it's not gravy. It's really, really important to being foundationally happy. And so if we think about, well, you know, we're, we're throwing this term self-care around a lot, and I don't know what, th- what that means. That can mean different p- things to different people. For sure. For some people, it can be a walk. For some, it can be meditating or a run or just sketching or doodling. But, and I can't believe this hasn't come up before in this episode, you have to, because it's obvious, 
as we're speaking, you have to turn the phone off. Oh yeah. 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 Like, because you're always, even if you're ignoring them, you're going to be hearing the beeps and it's going to be distracting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I read on a lot of different, um, blogs and in some articles was like no brainer, turn the phone off. And even for your bedtime routine, like screens off like an hour before you go to bed, just, and, and I thought that was, that sounded really easy. And, uh, it's really hard. It's not that easy. And I honestly, according to my phone, I spend about an average of half an hour a day on my phone, like in social media apps and things like that. I think I'm over two hours. The average person. I don't is, even. Is, I can't even link it, like click it to see. Maybe it's something like email or something, you know something. Yeah. I actually, use my phone for productivity, but that's a new thing with the new iOS thing. You get these alerts about your screen time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh no, no, no. no. At first, <laughs> at first, I misunderstood it, and I thought it was telling me. Of course, this will come as no shock to you when I got a message on my phone that said. Jennifer, your screen time is down by 25%. I felt like like I was being judged, like I wasn't <laughs> doing enough. Like, what? And then I turned to Joe, I'm like, this is crazy. This is what the world has come to. My phone's telling me I'm not on social media enough. And she was like, you're, you are crazy. Like, it's just saying like, cool way to it's go. A, it's, a, it's a measurement. It's not telling you to like... It's not bad or good, actually. <laughs> I don't think it's telling you like, come on, Jen, get it together. You're not spending enough time on your phone. But I think the average, Nance, is apparently close to like four hours a day. Yeah, I'm on a lot. Um, I will take breaks. This is not self-care. This is just pure addiction. I will take breaks throughout the day and be on Twitter. And I mean to be on Twitter for like five minutes, but mm-hmm. it could be 15 or 20 minutes yeah. depending on and how I wasn't, long the red I w- light is. I wasn't bragging about the 30 minutes a day. I was saying even for someone who spends... Oh, I felt judged. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I was <laughs> judging you at the same time, but... Um, Silently. I was saying, even for someone like me who's not overly attached to their phone, I found it hard to turn the to to not pick up the phone after eight o'clock. I decided at eight o'clock was going to be my cutoff, and I still had I kept picking it up, either out of habit or like okay, I just have to check for my day tomorrow. I have a paper agenda on my desk. I didn't need to look in my calendar on my phone. Just little habits that that we have. But one thing that's really become apparent to me is we do not like to be uncomfortable. And now we have so many opportunities to get out of that discomfort by checking Facebook, sending an email, Mm -hmm. sending a text, changing the playlist and, you know, meditation, it's, it, it takes a while. I don't know. I hear because I haven't done it, but it takes a while to really be able to sit down and meditate. And in, in the first few days or weeks or however long it takes, your thoughts, I have negative thoughts. I have shameful thoughts, bad memories come up and it's easier to go, oh, I'll just check my phone and see if anyone's emailed me. Like I was writing in my journal today for the first time. I didn't write on the boat. It was very complicated on the boat. Such a small space. <laughs> I was also just imagining <laughs> your handwriting. Yes, like, <laughs> but I think I was out of the habit of writing for three solid pages. And I think I interrupted myself. I went pee. I got some more coffee. You know, I was, I checked my phone. I thought, oh, did that refund go through from that visa statement? Got up and checked it, got my bank card. And then I was like halfway through page two. And I'm like writing about how I've gotten up six times. Mm -hmm. Like I just have lost the ability to, and I don't think it was the, the boat. It was just like, I have this habit and it got interrupted. 
<laughs> it just made me realize how much I've lost the ability to focus. Like I don't even read anymore. Like besides those, those Vanity Fair articles are like about the longest that I can, and it's like what, six or seven minutes to read an article. I can't remember the last time I sat down and read like a fiction novel for, I just don't, I have audible so that I can do something else while I'm listening. Yeah. Well, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but I have very strong feelings about this, um, the ADHD diagnosis that 80% of my adult friends suddenly have been given and all of their children because on the one hand, I don't, for kids especially, I don't think that we're supposed to sit for hours. Yeah, no, I don't. Like, I, I just think the whole school system is a I joke. I agree with but, you, sorry. Um, and then uh, for kids and adults, we have just created a world. See, there's one of our phones is ringing. Um, <laughs> that that we have created a world where we have so many. Oh, is it my phone? Stop, stop. I just have to check. I no, don't know who that, I have saying. to see who that text Get is away. from. Get away. Um, <laughs> No, but how can you have any attention span anymore? Like how, and, and Joanne actually started reading again in the mornings, but it took her time. She used to love time. reading. She would yeah. go through books like nothing. And now she has to keep refocusing herself and she's getting better at it. But, but the first couple of weeks, even that she was getting back into reading in the morning before starting her day, she was having such a hard time. And I would walk in and see her with a book and then I'd go to say something to her, like move to the side and I'd see she had her... Her she phone. was trying to read, but wow, that was loud. She was trying to read, but her um, her phone was in her hand. You know, uh, no, no, no. I'm just checking this thing. Hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. I just have to send an email. <laughs> <laughs> that is not getting edited turn, out. We're leaving that in. Turn the notifications off. Hold on. Okay. Um, so now you need to start again with. I could see she was had a phone hidden. Oh yeah. So. Joanne, it will be sitting there with her book. Now she's actually reading it. But for the first few days, I would walk up and I would be like, oh, cute. Look, she's reading her book. And then when I would move to the side, I would see that behind the book or between her her phone. Yeah, she had her phone. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably was dumb stuff that I can relate to when I'm writing my morning pages. Did I spell that right? I'm going to go check. So, but I have the same problem. And now I try and leave my phone in a different room when I, I also write morning pages. I do some stuff that is actual self-care in the morning and I, um, not, not many things, but I I get up and I go walk the dog, which I used to just do. Yeah. It felt like a chore, like get it done, tick the box. Yeah. And now I love doing it. It helps that it's not 30 below outside anymore, but, um, but I love doing it. I just walk and breathe and be present in the moment, which is new and great. And I do morning pages, which I've been doing forever, but I did go through a long phase of having my phone there and like really wondering why I'm stopping to look up the spelling of the word. I just like, no one is going to read my journal (laughs) and be like, that's what you think. (laughs) It did happen to me once. Me and a group of people get together every Thursday night and we go through all the pages (laughs) And I've added to my morning pages, which I really like, is an intention for the day at the end. That's cool. Yeah. I'm try that. I'm going to steal that from you. And I try and do my vocal exercises that my voice therapist uh, prescribed to me because my vocal cords are shot. Um, but I have a hard time remembering to do that. So. And that's like a health thing. Because your voice is very important. It's Not just for your singing career, but for this 
hobby podcast (laughs) to keep that voice healthy. I turn my sound way up as I whisper into the mic. Um, Something I want to share is that, uh, you know, Kathy Freston? I do not. uh, She has um, a book. I believe either the book is called The Eight Pillars of Wellness or that's like a component of her book. Okay. So I just want to go through them and share them with you because they're awesome. So the first one is meditation for just quiet contemplation. The second is visualization to help you think and behave differently. Mm -hmm. Not just my way of visualizing, which is how I usually spend my my time meditating, (laughs) like picturing my studio that I don't own somewhere. Third is fun activities to loosen up your energy um, and bring optimism. Four is conscious eating. So she says, what you eat affects your body, your soul, and the whole world. So keeping in mind the process of how that food got to your plate in the first place. Five is exercise. Six is self-work. Seven is spiritual practice and remembering that there's something bigger than you out there, which I think is a huge one that I need to check in with myself about sometimes when I get too self-involved. And then eight being service, like for others, helping other people. These are pillars of wellness, but I, I, all those things to me, like sound like self-care yeah steps to self-care I'm so glad you did that because I've been racking my brain this sort of whole episode thinking you know we really should give some examples of of well-rounded self-care not just what we do but I think if you if you go through that list and we'll put it in the show notes you can find if if, if each one of those eight pillars is a bucket you can find activities or or modalities that work for you that go in each bucket like exactly. if you look at service to others that could be any kind of service to others. But because you said before, self-care means different things to different people. So I think that these are specific, but also open enough that what does that mean to you? So meditation for one person is something completely different than it is to somebody else. Or conscious eating is something different from one person to other spiritual practice, whatever it is. For me, conscious eating would start with chewing. Chewing the food would be a great place to start with self-care. I know you're just trying to be funny, but I've been trying <laughs> no, to no, make it's sure. Totally I'm true. Actually, okay, good. Because I have a little problem with that. Um, <laughs> there was also a, an article that went around uh, ages ago. I think it was called something like self-care is more than just chocolate and bubble baths or something. And I, I'm going to misquote, so please, this is not an actual quote. Do not come to this podcast for facts. Ever. Um but the, pers- the the writer was pointing out that there's other things that are important about self-care too, like maybe taking on that second job so you do have a savings account and you don't feel financially insecure all the right. time. or like Which different- would alleviate your anxieties about the future. Right. Yes. Cleaning up your office. Like maybe that seems like work and not self-care, but... Flossing. But- Yes. Shout like, out to Dr. Trina Cool. And she <laughs> and she was saying, oh God, she flossed my teeth and I didn't expect her to when I went to get fit for my mouth guard. Oh, oh no. And I was horror. like, why did I, <laughs> I didn't do it right before I went. Anyway, whatever. She's still nice to me. Sorry, so. Trina. Um, but yeah, some self-care might feel like work and some of it might feel like blissfully relaxing, like a massage. But... I'm putting my hand up here for example, exercise. Exercise is not fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes if you're exercising for an hour, a few of those minutes are ab- absolute horror oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the way that I feel with consistent exercising is for me like the definition of self-care. 
And if we go back to the way I used to think, because it takes time to change. None of this happens overnight. Mm -hmm. My concept of, of life was you work from nine to five. You don't read Vanity Fair. You don't take an extra long lunch. You know, you don't. And one thing you don't do for sure is you don't go to the gym between nine and five because you should be working. It's taken me forever to get away from this. Just feels like this thing that stuck to me, this idea that nine to five is for working. Actually, my boss, who who will not want to hear me say this, because she can see our Google calendars, right. all my um, all my employees. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't have any employees. My colleagues, right? Uh, she can see where we are at any given time. Um, and one day she texted me and said, "Are you at the hairdressers?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "At eleven o'clock on a Tuesday." And I said, "Yeah." And she was like, "Huh?" And I said, "Well, I'll just work later later." Later, later. Yeah, later. And that's how it should be. And We're she, adults. Yeah, and she said, wow, I never thought of doing that. And I said, but then what do you, like you're going to try and cram everything in on your weekend or take yeah. a whole personal when day? everybody else is also trying to do it. Yeah, or have to take like a day off work and lose money to cram every errand and every doctor's appointment and every everything yeah. into that day. You're allowed to... Cut, cut up your yeah, day, especially if you have the luxury of doing that. I realize, and I'm sorry, and I apologize to people who really don't have that as an option, but for those of you who do, holy crap, go get your hair cut at a time that's convenient for you. When it's easy to find parking. Yeah, and you're not going to be fighting tons of traffic and whatever yeah. else, and you know what? Then just put in that extra hour and a half later or yeah. on a different day when you have a lighter day or whatever it is. No, and that's what I came around to with the gym. Now I work out Monday and Thursday mornings, and there's this super healthy ca cafe in the gym. And after I work out, I'll have a really long steam. And then I will have like a super healthy lunch. And the whole process takes about two and a half hours. And there's still like this tiny voice in me that's like, you're crazy, you should be working. <laughs> but it makes my whole week. Those also, uh, like, and I don't want to push this because I don't think it's a healthy habit I have to be obsessed with my level of productivity in a day. But I just want to say also, it is productive. That is productive. Yes. Like if you need to be uh, an adrenaline junkie like I am, and if you need to feel like every single moment of your day has purpose, those moments have purpose. It is productive. And I, I also find that my brain gets stuck in a loop on a problem or, you know, shame, mm -hmm. something. And those Mondays and those Thursdays, it gets broken. Yeah. Because the workout is so hard and the steam is so relaxing. And then I do have this, this lunch where, you know, I might be checking Twitter or something or whatever I'm doing, answering an email or reading Vanity Fair. But whatever I'm doing, my mind is like a lake, a glass lake mm -hmm. between the exercise and the steam. I, and I'm actually eating like super healthy food mindfully. And once in a while, I might even chew it. It's a whole <laughs> It's a whole new paradigm. <laughs> I, 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 we won't talk about it in depth because we'll dedicate an episode to this, but I did just start trying meditation. <gasps> what? And I think today is day five in a row that I did. You, you started without me. I, did. I didn't even have a chance. Uh, well, Oprah told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say I'm so far terrible at it. So far, use those 10 minutes to make grocery lists and have fantasy conversations with people who are, I'm not happy at or 
decorate my dream loft in Manhattan. But um, I will say that after I do it, I am so blissed out. And like you, maybe not like 100% present in the way that other people need me to be, but way calmer. And I think those are the moments where if somebody came to me and was like, oh my God, mom, I don't have an EpiPen, I would be able to be like, yeah, you know what, sweetie? Like, we'll find time this week. It'll happen. Instead of being like, okay, I'll, let's go to the pharmacy. Right Amazon now. Prime, let's sign up. We'll get it here by tomorrow. <laughs> also, the, and there's things that you don't even notice. Like, I think it's important to give yourself credit too for the self-care that you're doing that you're probably not aware of. Like, um, I often will spend a good part of a day on the weekend, like Sunday cooking like a mad woman. I love it. I find that meditative. I, I feel like I'm nourishing my soul and myself. And it gives you huge prep for the next week. And then I'm functional during the week because I actually have lunches and I'm not eating like garbage that I could find quickly, like a whole box of crackers, you know, like, and I just love doing it. I get excited. I have a website, so a vegan website. So sometimes I get to Would post. Would you like to plug the link or are you just called, gonna? Yeah, sweetvegan.net. Um, and so sometimes I post the stuff on there and I find that fun. It's a creative outlet. There's many reasons why it's fun for me and also is definitely an act of self-care. But it's funny, I think to Joanne, it's like, oh, you, you're exhausting yourself. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm making sure that I have an awesome week and, yeah. and healthy food to eat all week long. Well, that's what you were saying before about doing sometimes self-care is doing a little work in advance mm -hmm. so that life is easier in the future whether it's next week because you have lunches or in 20 years because you've got a, a, some savings for yeah. retirement. Yeah, or that your body is going to need you have to have put in all that time to right. take good care of it. And also, just it's another example also of what you were saying. Like, Joanne finds cooking really stressful. I love it. I go on another planet when I'm doing it. So, again, can't stress enough that for one person – giving yourself a little hug might be self-care <laughs> for some of us. That sounds awful and terrible. It sounds weird and creepy. It sounds really unsatisfying. I think it doesn't work for me because I'm a bad person, but like, I think, <laughs> and you don't deserve a hug. Cause when people ask, when people ask me for a hug, I don't know if you've had, can I have a hug? Like, unless it's my child, if someone asks me for a hug, I feel like they want something from me. Like they're taking something. I, I'm oh, horrible. Oh, like it feels manipulative? Yeah. Maybe? So I feel like to ask my own self for a hug <laughs> is like the ultimate. Like, oh my God. It's like the morning. ultimate passive aggressive loop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So to wrap this up, I feel like if I think back on this last hour, the, 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 the meat, sorry, I know you're a vegan, the tofu, <laughs> the protein of this episode was the list that Jen gave the eight pillars of wellness. Because I think we're going to put it in the show notes. If you want to go through that, whether you want to do a morning routine or an afternoon or sort of a bedtime routine, or you just want to do it at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, because that's okay. If you want to find things or items that work for you that fit in those buckets and you schedule those and you give yourself permission to really take the time and honor that schedule, we guarantee you will feel better. That is a guarantee I can get behind. Yeah, I can get right behind that guarantee. And shout out to us. Let us know. Let us know what you thought of this episode and your comments or thoughts on self-hugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some tips on any self-care that uh, you feel like 
is warrants self-care, but that we didn't even touch on. For sure. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Because if you haven't figured it out, we're not experts. We're going through this journey and we wanted to have this podcast so that we can work things out. And maybe if you're having some of the same issues that you can come along with us. So where can people get a hold of us, Jen? I am on Instagram, Jennifer June Chapman. And I am on Instagram, Nancy with an I, Murdoch with a K, Nancy Murdoch. And we have an Instagram. It is on the same page pod. And just to give you a heads up, episode six next week, we will be launching our Patreon account. So I'm so excited. I know you can start. You're probably like every morning when you're like meditating and you're doing your self-care routine, you just keep being interrupted with the thought, how can I contribute financially to Jen and Nancy? And we heard you. We heard you. We heard you. And we have a way. And we have so, so many cool gifts for you. Merch. It's going to be really exciting. Stickers. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. No, seriously, we're going to have a $2 level, a $5 level, and a $10 level. Anything that works for you, anything you can do, we appreciate it. Keeps the lights on around here. And it helps grow are on the same page community, which I am super excited about. Yes, episode by episode. Thank you so much for listening. And with that, we'll see you next week for episode six. Have a great day, guys. Take care, Jen. Take care, listeners. I just want to be at the same stage. I just want to be on the same page. I just want to be at the same stage. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Jen Chapman and Nancy Murdoch. Original music by Jen Chapman. Original podcast cover art by Meredith Lindsay of Media Mercantile. A huge thank you to all of our supporters. And it just, it, sorry, take all that out, whoever's editing this. <laughs> this one's complicated. I'm going to let you edit it. <laughs> it just made me realize, like, not, not just me, but as a society. Talk about society. Who are you? <laughs> Stop. I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to edit it. <laughs>